Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name, it's Cliff. It's Cliff. Yes, it's Cliff. Hello, hello Cliff. I'm little Tommy Tuggenhat. Okay, Tommy Tuggenhat. Okay, how are you doing? That's it. I am. I'm, I'm doing fine, you know, just, just tugging hats. Yeah. I've, I've been tugging hats. <laughs> Hopefully when, you know, the wearer doesn't suspect it. That's yeah, when I, I like to do best it. Time. Have you ever been it is, of found out? Have ever been found out? Well, I'm I am very small, you see, so me, me size sometimes gives us away. Um, there you go. And, and I've got a suspicion, although you've never mentioned it. Have you been uh-huh. in the military? Yeah, of course <laughs> I have. You know that. <laughs> I've, I've served me time. French Foreign Legion. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, have you? Have you? No, of course not. I'm. Uh, if anything, I'm a. What's it called? Not a conscientious objector. Objector, <laughs> objector. What's it objector. called? Um, Pacifist. No, when they like just run away. <laughs> <laughs> deserter. Yeah, something like so that. So you I'm did. You did sign up, but you just ran off. I was conscripted. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I did whatever I could to get out of it. That was my and write this. Write this. My method. Um, what uh-huh. you been up to then? It's been a, a week since we spoke, less than a week. Not yeah, less than a week. No, not that much to be perfectly honest with you. You know, just uh, just uh, wandering around the streets of Shields as I normally do, and mm-hmm. that's about it. Mm-hmm. I'm even I watched oh I watched the new Resident Evil thing on the Netflix, series. which I would advise no one ever to watch ever. It's somehow worse than the films, is it? It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Okay. I hate myself for having watched it all. But all right. Well, uh, I feel quite the same way about struggling through to the end of the Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, I watched that with the, the wife. Oh, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's a, it's the last episode was two hours twenty minutes long, and a lot of it, it was it just people slowly walking around in some kind of red cloudy place <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know they did play master of puppets on the top they of did, a winner yes. beagle um, or so much and also a moby song which didn't really fit but i don't think i didn't hear the moby song. when that no i did not when that lad was dying it was moby playing <laughs> was it yeah 
Do you know that uh, Mulby um, used to try and secretly touch people with his penis? Yeah, uh -huh. I remember uh, Yeti trying to keep it going, keep that flame alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What an odd person Mulby is, isn't he? Uh, I would go person. as far as saying he's uh, a horrible man. <laughs> well, yeah, he must be. If he's just like, you know, promoting the fact that he, he tries to touch women with his penis. And did he, he's had something with Natalie Portman recently, didn't he, where she said, yeah, there was a period when Moby basically stalked us and wouldn't take no for an answer. And he was like, really? What you're about, Portman? Like, you, you fancied us and that? That's why I wouldn't leave you alone. <laughs> you like, fancied us. No, oh, no yeah. Moby. I had wanted nothing to do with you, and I told you that on a number of occasions. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> well, women can just say out, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> so we don't like Moby. Yeah? I know, I, you know what? I, that one album was good, in it? And then he's got those couple of... Yeah. The, the, the more ravey or chill-out kind of songs are quite good, but he's got that mm -hmm. one album where he, uh, he took advantage of the dead blues people. That one... <laughs> I like one of these songs about Starshine or something. I can't remember. Yeah, that remember. one's good. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway. uh, that album, that, that one that you're talking about, that really got on nerves. Well, ev was it not like everybody every was song playing it? was a single? Uh-huh. Everybody, uh, it must have been, I don't know, 2000 or something, do you think? One more, 21, something I've like got, that? I've got the uh, vinyl. There was a re re-release about five years ago or something and I got it um because it, it is a good album but you know uh there's an Elvis there's an Elvis link do you know the Elvis link with Moby with that album um no did he sample something by Elvis well he samples Probably. one of the songs that uh, run on Elvis does a version of run on run on for a All long right. time and that's one uh -huh. of the samples or one of the songs uh, right it's just a thief and a, a person who has to touch with all these he's, penis. He's a thief. He's a, a, thief. a low down dirty thief. He's a dirty thief. He's a bloody tow rag man. He's a tea leaf. I know we spent a little bit of time talking about Moby there for no reason. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, well, well, would you like to invite him on? Because he's my next guest, isn't he? So let's all welcome Moby. <laughs> yeah. Welcome on, Moby. Mr. Moby. I've started watching the latest uh, What We Do in the Shadows series, which is as funny as ever. We like that in this household. Yes, we like that here. Jade was like, I'm, I'm sick of watching this miserable Stranger Things. It's got us a bit upset, so let's put something funny on. Let's. Brett, I must say, um, your connection isn't great. Is it? Is it not? It's not. Well, let's, we can struggle on until it goes off. Well, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you say that about my connection? connection connection in our secret language means penis <laughs> of course uh, it does <laughs> i'll secretly touch you with me connection well, like if you're I not said, careful we'll, we'll struggle on until it goes off and then we'll, oh me we'll device <laughs> the device of course um so yeah that's about <laughs> it i haven't really done much else i've been watching that what we do in the shadows hasn't been that long since we spoke to be honest pearl has started ballet classes so that's quite, oh yes that's nice I did see that. I saw, I saw her twirling around. She looked mm -hmm. very good. She's very, yes. very, very excited by it. She's, <laughs> she and so did, she should be. She woke up the day after her first class, and she's the youngest one there. Like, she's not three yet. Everyone else is about four. Um, she woke up the next day, and she went, she, she 
wanted me to get a backpack. She put a water bottle in her backpack, demanded to put a frilly skirt on and said, Daddy, I'm going ballerina now. And we had to break it to her that the class wasn't on. <laughs> she didn't know, obviously didn't understand that. It was no. absolutely fucking devastated. Um, so yeah, she loved it. She went back today to do her second class. Very cute, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's one of those things you just your heart melts a bit when you see do something like that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's nice. That's brightened me life and me day up a bit. Well, that's good. I'm and, and mine for having heard it. So there. Have you been up to anything? Yes. No, just the stuff I told you about. Mm-hmm. That's just it. That stuff, and then of course we've been watching the rather long Elvis film. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's probably the longest film I've ever got you to watch on this. <laughs> Even though you got yourself to watch it. I know that was my you choice, fool. wasn't it? Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's not Elvis, the Austin Butler version. It's Elvis, no. nineteen seventy-nine, John mm-hmm. Carpenter directed. TV movie starring Kurt Russell, which yes. in my in my mind is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'll, I'll love it. Like I think it's absolutely class. Obviously, you know how much of a Carton fan I am. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Did you so, know this uh, already? Like, did you know? I don't yes. know did you see this before? I think we had a conversation about it before. Me and you, that mm-hmm. I think it was broken into two parts and it was on ITV. So yeah. I remember watching it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only time parts. I've seen it and it was two parts and I remember loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I certainly had no idea who John Carpenter was or that John Carpenter directed it. And I probably uh-huh. just about knew it was Kurt Russell because I'd probably seen like Overboard and stuff like that by that point. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I would have known and liked Elvis a bit without knowing a lot about Elvis so it's probably the first time I knew a bit more about Elvis's life uh-huh the thing is about Elvis it's a bit like the Beatles isn't it those songs are played so much on different things it doesn't matter what it is it could be the radio it could be on an advert it could be on a film or a tv or something you just know all of those songs that they're ingrained in your brain yeah, aren't yeah. They? Mm-hmm. So it's a similar type of thing. So I would have liked the songs and stuff like that as a kid. But it was one of those sort of events where you just, I sat down with me, mom and dad to watch this this thing. And we did watch both parts for sure, definitely. It wasn't a kind of, oh, watch the first part and then sat it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Definitely watched it all, you know. So since then, obviously, you know, I did I, like you. I didn't know who John Copeland was at that particular time, even though I'd seen a lot of these films. I only put that together a little bit later on. Yeah, I think I've seen it twice after that. So I think this is probably the third time okay. that I've watched it. It's the first time I've watched it since then. I was probably about 13, 14, something like that, maybe, um, mm-hmm. when I first saw it. Uh, and it's the first time I've seen it since then. I definitely didn't know it was John Carpenter. I probably didn't think about it again. I think all the way through the years, I've always thought, because there's a few of these TV movies which I like and I've, I've recommended to you as well, I think, over the years, or mentioned on yeah. here or something like that. Like the the Gary Boosie, Buddy Holly yes. story. There's a Beach yeah. Boys one where uh, Dennis Quaid is... Uh, um, what, what they called again, the Beach Boys... <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's his face? Brian Wilson. I think Dennis Quaid, Wilson. Dennis Quaid plays Dennis Wilson. 
Um, mm -hmm. So there's a few of these that came out in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, there was the Loretta Lynn uh, film as well, which is great, Cole Meyer's daughter. Um, there's a few of these films that came out that the TV movies, because they're long, you know, they're like four hours long or three hours long. Uh, yeah. And obviously over TV movies are kind of frowned upon. Or they were at the time, obviously telly is more popular than film yeah. than cinema now. Um, but at the, over the well, years, it, yeah. it kind of frowned upon a bit. But they gave these actors a good start and a huge showcase. But what I've never been that sure about is like John Carpenter's involvement in this and how it came about and, and all of that. So mm -hmm. obviously you're a big John Carpenter fan. So it's a it's a three-hour biopic of uh, Elvis, basically from him being a little boy until 1970 when he made his comeback in Vegas. And mm -hmm. it doesn't cover everything in, in that period because it's a long time, no. but it covers like a lot of the big uh, moments in his life and career over that point. Um, yeah. But, Brett, John Carpenter, yes. what's he doing this so so basically what's happened is he's done Dark Star, then he's done Assault on Precinct 13, and then Halloween. And then after Halloween, there's, there was uh, obviously he's just waiting for work and stuff like that. And he got obviously offered various different things. One was a, a TV movie called Someone's Watching Me, which is really good, actually. And then after that... Did he do that? Is that... That's it. Uh-huh. Okay. And then after after that uh, TV movie, he did Elvis. I think what he said was the reason that he wanted to do it is because obviously he's a massive Elvis fan. Mm -hmm. And I think you can tell when you're watching this that you know he's not exploiting Elvis at any point in the film. It's it's all done, it's all done really well and with sort of the love of Elvis in mind, I think. There's no, they, they could have gone. A certain way or a different director i think might have gone a certain way if they didn't like respect elvis or like elvis think, do you know what i mean i think for me what stands out to me is it's only a couple of years after he died so it's uh -huh. a it's a big thing to do i think after such a huge figure of popular culture has died anyway so it's a huge responsibility i think for a director to take this on Especially a director. Especially if you're a fan, a massive if you're a fan, fan you know and a I mean? director that's hoping to go on to bigger, better things and take over Hollywood uh -huh. and stuff like that. But I think what also I agree with you. But I think the other thing that needs to be said is he clearly respects Elvis and the story, but I think he respects the other people in Elvis's or the other important people in Elvis's life as well. Because yeah, definitely. What I... it doesn't do is gloss over that he was a troubled man. And I think that's the best thing about the film. Yeah, well, uh, there is, but the way that it's, it's done, you know, quite subtly, I think there's a lot of things that are quite subtle in the mm -hmm. film. Yeah, totally. I mean, the main one is obviously about his brother and stuff, isn't it? About, yeah. about Jesse, because I'm sure, you know, people have heard of the stories that he, he talks to his his, his twin brother who died, he was still born. He had a twin called Jesse, and he, he always talked to him sort of throughout his life. Now, if that was sort of presented in the wrong way or done in the wrong way, it would make Elvis look like he was nuts or he was stupid or what. And Fulham does not do it like that at no. all. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's parts where he's talking like his shadow, mm -hmm. or there's parts where he's, he's talking 
to a, a reflection and in, in sort of a pond or a stream or whatever but he's doing it at, at sort of times of need and the films kind of addresses that as well at the start where he's he's saying to his mother it just it makes us feel good doing that do you know what i mean mm. and there's also this other thing about um not elvis not being fulfilled or that always seem to have something missing and it's kind of suggested that he'll never fulfill that sort of that need because his brother's not there. Yeah. And it, it it's done do that really nice. No. Yeah. So I'll I like that those those parts. Do you know what I mean? And it is a, a massive part of Elvis's story that that did happen. Do you know what I mean? Has John Carpenter ever spoken like about doing the film or what he thought about it and stuff like that? I think it obviously as John uh, Carpenter's career has gone on, he's he's looked back at it and he thought. I could have done that better. I think he's very critical of You've said certain that before, shots with and stuff. Other, other things that these films, he's always kind of been a bit like, oh. yeah. Uh huh. But if it, I mean, if if you you know, if you look at something like the thing, or even sort of you know, Escape from New York, whatever, you can tell that they're John Carpenter films. Not necessarily the case with this one. Nope. Do you know what I mean? Nope. You can't tell just by looking at it that's a John Carpenter film. But that, it, it's still great as far as I'm concerned. They, they did it in like phone it in 20 days or something mental yeah. like that, like crazy schedule. But the, the, the people, uh, the, the producers or whatever, they thought that Carpenter could do it because he, they found out that he did the score for Halloween yeah. and obviously direct Halloween. So oh, he'll be able to do it type thing. And like I say, Carpenter was like a massive Elvis fan. He says that he loves Elvis and stuff. So... He just so, went ahead and did it. One of the things, I've read a couple of bits and pieces, but I, I don't know as well as you, but um, you're saying it doesn't look like a typical John Carpenter film. Well, it's not one of those mm. where you go, obviously, this is John Carpenter. Um, yeah. But are there any things in there that are like typical John Carpenter things or he would go on to he, he maybe most, experimented with in this that he used? Yeah. The, the most sort of Carpenter shot is right at the start. It's right at the start when the, the Elvis is going to the gig in, in Vegas because it starts in 1969 and he's come back gay gay because he's going to Vegas and stuff. And there's a shot almost at, like as if the camera's at the side of the car. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Can you remember that one? Uh-huh. That is the most carpentry sort of shot, a clever angle, really low to the ground and stuff mm-hmm. like that because he likes doing stuff from, from low to the ground. The rest... Again, it's it's kind of it's it's done at speed, so I don't think he's had time to sort of go. Well, I want the camera here, and okay. I want this shot like okay. this or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But okay. yeah, I, th- I I think that's the case. It was just done really quickly, and I think when Cartner's looked back at it, he, he's gone, "Oh, I could have done this better." That's okay. just his opinion. Um, well, I still love it though. I, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's never going to be like an award winner up there with anybody's best films or anything like it's that. A, it's a TV movie, isn't it? But I think he's he does a good job, and I think what's good is having somebody like that who has a very definite idea about what he wants films to look like and be like, and how he wants to mm-hmm. tell a story. I do think whether it might not be a typical John Carpenter look and feel of a film. I do think it adds something to what we've got because it yeah. is not a syrupy, it isn't bits, but it's not a syrupy like 
kind of soap opera kind of film and uh, we'll come on no. and talk about bits and pieces that I, mm-hmm. I that I certainly think uh, like point that out um the other main thing I suppose outside of John Carpenter is is his Kurt Russell in, in what I believe is his breakout role or the, the thing that yeah him- yeah it was I'm pretty much a, a Disney kid you know before that and stuff wasn't he I th- he, he was even in a, a film with Elvis wasn't he when he was 10 yeah, I might ask he, you about that he I'll not mention that <laughs> but yeah I mean it's eerie watching Kurt Russell in this film I you mean you, you text me yeah uh, I think he's absolutely class I haven't seen the new film but I, I, that new guy's got a long way to go to to friggin catch up to Kurt Russell in this. Like it's it's eerie. He's meant about his like voice, what do you his think? mannerisms and stuff like that. You think you think he's close? I love I love all that. Yeah, I think he's I think he's I think he's absolutely class. I mean, the thing is with Elvis, right? He's he's like a myth, isn't he, Elvis? Mm-hmm. He's, he's not like I mean, obviously this film does a very good job of portraying him. Is what he was a, a human being do you know mm-hmm. what i mean with like problems with sort of issues um yeah but if you think about elvis he, it's it's almost like he's transcended all that type of stuff he's all he's like a myth isn't he yeah when and i think, think that's him. what the film's about i think that's one of the main themes of the film is that the reality is not the same as what was out there and i think for me one of the main things about this film is it's all about him not on stage behind the scenes at home Uh it's not Uh elvis the myth and the star there's bits of it Uh but you see him becoming famous and you see him coming back to the stage at the end but the majority of the film is him at home and him with his mom and him with his dad and him backstage and him with his wife Uh and him in the army and him with his Uh mates and it's like what it is it's it's more of him sort of dealing with the pressure of yeah this, and i think that's i think that's massive for 1979 like just after he's died and he's just this huge star and he's probably he, he, he is like a myth isn't he like did anybody really know what went on behind the scenes by 1979 yeah. like after he had just died is it is this just a stab in the dark at what it must have been like, or is it based on whatever, whatever? Um, <laughs> it, to my mind, without being there at the time, I feel like it's quite a brave film to do. Um, and there can't have been many things that touched on Elvis offstage rather than yeah. as the big star. Well, I mean, it, like I said at the start, if, if Cartner didn't have that love for, for Elvis, he could have gone like a, a schlocky sort of way and, and sort of, you know, rammed up or hammed up the the sort of the bits where he's talking to his brother and stuff like that. Or he could have put loads of bits in where he's, he's demanding fried food and mm. all that. There's, there's not much. Well, I don't I mean, think there's very, very little bit. of that stuff. Yeah, it doesn't go to that bit, but that would have already been there, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been I, throughout his life. I think it, it doesn't helps. just... That they don't it just happen. Yeah, I know, but I think it go it it can avoid that by not going into the last seven years of his life, which is it, it can. Uh, but what I'm saying is, it, it, obviously, the, what they could have done because you know they, they could have put bits in where he's, he's demanding stuff like that. Yeah. 
there's not a lot of Elvis sort of, you know, using his, like, being a prima donna or anything like that at all. Yep. It's more, he's a, he was apparently a very, very generous man, Elvis, and he would give stuff away to just, yeah, yeah, you know, people yeah. that he'd met and things like that. There's, there's things like that in there rather than going the other way, which could have easily done somebody who just didn't care about Elvis or whatever. Yeah. So, they could have done stuff like that, you know, or they didn't. So, like, just going back outside of the film, like, what what's your relationship with Elvis? Like, when did you listen to him, hear him, get into him? Do you even like Elvis that much? Of course I like Elvis. Who doesn't like Elvis? Elvis is the man, man. Yeah, I mean, I love Elvis. I think he's great. Again, it's, it's this thing when you think about him it's it's, he's, it's this myth it's this man in a jumpsuit or this beautiful looking young man with sideboards do you know oh, what i mean so, with so an amazing <laughs> exactly with an an amazing voice an mm-hmm. unbelievable voice and you like he, he changed like you know popular culture completely didn't he i mean he's the king so yes i love elvis i've been listening to elvis say today I'm still sort of listening to certain songs a bit like I said at the start where it's like the Beatles, but oh, the, the title will come up and I'll go, oh, I haven't heard this one. But yeah. of course I have. Yeah, Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what about you? I know I you think, love Elvis. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love Elvis and, you know, love him and, and uh, get appreciate the, all the flaws. And I know there's a lot of shit stuff as well. And I know he wasn't a 100% good guy but he's obviously got issues throughout his life and stuff like that and i think that's what makes people interesting right so and but as far as the music goes i don't like me i think i said before like for some reason i used to really like rock and roll when i was a kid like Mm -hmm. like nine ten and stuff like that um i remember getting a couple of like compilations and stuff which was all buddy ollie and uh dion and the belmonts i've said before was like one of the main things that got me into music and rock and roll yeah. music and do up and stuff and um i think i was probably like 11 and for christmas on me in the stocking i remember waking up and I, i'm saying i'm 11 I, i'm not i don't know but in the stocking was three like tapes and mm-hmm. uh one of them was paul mccartney's back into the world live uh double album i think double tape uh, uh-huh. from a tour in 1990 or something like that. One of them was uh, Elvis, something, again, a double tape, something like 50 Golden Greats or something like that. Red, yeah. Red cover. Uh, Where he looks really young on, on, the, on the cover. And one of them, mm-hmm. and I, I can't legislate for this one, was uh, Cliff Richard Best of. I, I, don't, I don't really know. <sighs> Like, well, you know, double like, woman's are I don't mind a couple of Cliff songs, but I but re- Wait, that always seems like the a, British I, Elvis, isn't I, he? I, I didn't get as into uh, Cliff as I did the other ones, put it that way. So, <laughs> um, no. so yeah, that was my first like Elvis proper introduction, and that went mm-hmm. from it didn't have his early early stuff on. It wasn't the Sun Record stuff. It was yeah. from when he signed for RCA. So from. Heartbreak Hotel and Jailhouse Rock through mm-hmm. Don't Be Cruel and all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So that like kind of very late 
oh, let's say 57 to 67 kind of period. Yeah. Which most would regard as some of the shittest stuff he's done. Wooden Heart and all of that stuff. All the songs from the films. Hey, there's no wrong there's with Wooden songs. Heart. <laughs> I still think <laughs> there's some good songs in that period. But uh, yeah. So that was it really. And then I haven't seen it. Hardly any of his films. I, I haven't seen to, any. I read. I used to read a lot. There's some great Elvis books, some shit Elvis books, like there always is with these big stars. Um, hmm. And then you just get into it a bit, don't you? And I watched this, and I was like, "Oh wow!" And I started reading those two, these Peter Goralnik books, the one about the rise of Elvis and the fall of Elvis, massive books. And I remember the rise being like, "Yeah, whatever." And the fall, I was like, "Yeah, this is fucking brilliant because he's insane." <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> insane this guy like and then you think wow he's the only person to ever have this fame and this kind of life and stuff like that so not ready to some respect uh, to some extent i think but uh elvis was the first guy that really went into this kind of weird wormhole where he's in this bizarre life that he's kind of created for himself that he can't get out of that he comes yeah. to resent that he ends up mm -hmm. it's to it destroys them. Um, it's a, it's an incredible it. tale. Like it's a, it's a, and for me, it's a, it's a, and I'm sure for most people that would think about it, it's a, a really sad story. Actually, <laughs> like what really, is really? I sad. mean, there was got about three years of, that he enjoyed it, and then the rest. Yeah. He hated. I mean, there's, there's not. He was the first, really, wasn't he? I mean, before him, it would have been like Sinatra. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Sinatra's not on the level of fame no, you would imagine. Years, not, exactly, of, of Elvis. And especially because Elvis was so young and he, he, he it's it's that like youth culture that he kicked off. I mean, the, the controversy and stuff like that, like he caused just by being him. Aye, from the South as well. Obviously, when people heard him and stuff like that, they, would, they wouldn't play him because... He, he would he, he sound like a black man singing rather than you know what I mean who he was. I also and think that's like a black man. Story. Just uh, I like singing, and there's this place in the town where I can go and record some songs for like a dime or whatever because I want to make yeah. my arm a record. And then actually the guy's like, "Fucking hell, like he's all right, that guy." Actually, I need a singer for something. Should we just get him back in? Yeah, well, it's one of them stories, isn't it? Like, but well, I, I, I was reading that there was another place in Memphis where he could have gone and done it cheaper. And he didn't. So this is a, like Elvis is ever sort of, I'll go to Sun Records and do it, pay a little bit more, and hope hope I get discovered and stuff. Do you know what I mean? He's, Sun Records like had already had hits, right? They'd already had a couple of... Yeah, uh, they'd already had a couple of successes like Ike Turner and stuff like that. It had been mm -hmm. on some songs and stuff. So yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't think it was chance he went into some records. He had heard of it. He knew what was going on. But again, a little bit like the Beatles, like still everything has to stack up and suddenly fall into place, and it did. And I just think it did, and it was amazing. And then. That was about but two, he's, he's two like years. shot off into the stratosphere though hasn't he yeah. like where nobody else is touched i mean he, as a it's a solo artist there's nobody that, that can touch elvis at all and there won't be ever and i think that's he's one the of man the things that the beatles said or paul mccartney said or whatever and they were like 
yeah, I mean, we had each other. Like, it was yeah. absolutely mental what we were going through, but there was four of us. We had each other. It was insane. Yeah. And they all go through the same thing. They all went Which just Elvis. Yeah, but for him, and I remember, I think it was Paul McCartney or maybe it was Lennon saying, we had each other, but then you look at that guy and he's on his own. Yeah. And who do you, and who could relate to what he was going through? No one. But he Nobody? tried to get people around him that he was trying to relate to them rather than the other way. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that, he, there was certain people like Red and stuff like that, like his mate, you know what I mean, who was his security guy. He was with him from, from the early days that and was stuff, wasn't funny he? in this film. <laughs> what? I think they what play it like Red's fun? a little bit in love with them. Do you? I'm not too sure about that. I think I'm, so. I'm sure that Red was a little bit of a, a more... He's a hard man, right? Like he's a, he was he's a hard security, man, yeah. wasn't he? But I think in this uh-huh. film they play it a little bit like He's a bit like always. I think he's with him, and it put him all sort of praised him initially because there's a part in the film where he's uh, Elvis has been bullied for his mm. his squirrel hair. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> it, yeah, and uh, and Red saves him and stuff like yeah. that, and Elvis remembers this and and he employs him and stuff like that, but. I'm it sure the, the red in real life was a hard man. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're growing up in Memphis, you know what I mean? He's a much uh, bigger kind of imposing figure, I think, than he is in the film. But like I said, yeah. I think it's a, in the film, I think they play it a little bit ambiguously, although whether he's just protective of it yeah. or whether he's... Really, uh, what, uh, like, next time you watch it, like, just have an open mind well, about that. you know, I'm sure he did love Elvis, but, you know, not a, in a sexual way. But who knows? Who knows? Red West. Elvis is a good looking He's man. He's got a good book, Red West. Is he? What's it called? Do you remember? No. I, <laughs> I fancied Elvis. <laughs> Elvis and Red. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some, uh, I think it's that one anyway. There's, uh, there's one of the Memphis Mafia. That uh, has a, a book about one. One is like quite slanderous, and one is uh, good. I'm pretty sure I read Red's got one. I read. Well, they did get it. sacked, didn't they? They did all get sacked. Yeah. So there's another thing. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left before we take a little break, but Colonel Tom Parker doesn't feature so much in this film. Yes, he, he's only a little bit, and uh, lo and behold, it's Commissioner Gordon from the Batman <laughs> 1989 yeah, yeah, film. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Hingle in it. Mm-hmm. He's class. That's one of the things that I don't know much about Colonel Tom Parker. In my mind, he's like this nefarious character who stole Elvis's money. <laughs> you know, but is that well, the he case? He stole his money. Um, he didn't want him to tour. Elvis didn't tour out of North America, did he? Well, he, he didn't go to Europe or anything. Because he was an illegal immigrant. Yes, he was he Dutch, a, wasn't he? And he had an assumed identity and didn't have a real passport. Yeah. So he didn't want to leave America for the fear that he would never get back in. So he uh-huh. basically like manipulated Elvis's career in a way. He, well, he manipulated Elvis's, Elvis and his career, but he manipulated mm-hmm. it in such a way that he, every time he was on about going to England and he wanted to go to England and Europe, let's go to where the Beatles are famous, blah, blah, and all of that kind of stuff. 
and Elvis yeah. kept wanting to do that. And every time that was meant to happen, something ha- something came up that meant he couldn't yeah. go. There's another film or there's whatever. So, uh, well, yeah. with, is that one of the reasons why you know he, he kept he kept them in America just doing these films and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah, 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 so yeah. that he wouldn't he wouldn't it was a tour in Europe. So he got a money from it, and it, oh, let's go. Well, Elvis, you've got another film to do. There's another soundtrack to yeah. record. Blah blah blah. So, but that uh, damaged Elvis, though, didn't it? The fact that he was in all these films, it damaged. It, it, it damaged him as a credible artist, but it kept money coming in in terms of yeah. Colonel Tom Parker. So I don't think he <laughs> cared about that. He always because said he was protecting yeah, what, him and stuff, but I, you know, had one I of the rumors is when, when the Beatles sort of uh, went and to meet Elvis and stuff like that. And Elvis was playing a bass or whatever, and they were in Graceland. John Lennon being John Lennon says, well, what happened to the rock and roll Elvis? Why in all these films all the time and stuff? And that apparently really pissed Elvis off, hit a nerve with him or whatever. He kicked them out, didn't he? And then that's why he went on a, the rest of his life, he was like convinced that John Lennon was like the fucking enemy, a commie, Commie bastard and all of that kind of stuff. But that's so weird, isn't it? Because they try to do the same thing to Elvis. They try to ban Elvis because of his simply because of the way he looked and and the way he danced, the way he moved. Yeah, he he was accused of it, you know, corrupting American. I think Elvis was always torn, wasn't he? But anyway, we can talk about that and the film in a few minutes. We'll take a little break and come back. And that's the end of part one of our Elvis. 1979 John Carpenter podcast the next episode will be out in a few days in that we talk about what happens in the film there's also an Elvis quiz and some music Uh, but before that we also have some music to end this episode this is In the Night by Broke Casino hope you enjoy it and see you next time
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.